Hello and welcome to my first official extra episode of this podcast. Uh, and I'm going to be doing it on Hoodoo and the differences it has to Voodoo. Uh, but in reality, it's more of like just what Hoodoo and Voodoo are. Since they always have misconception about the two of them and what they are kind of and what they are today. Uh, hopefully I'll clear some of that up. I'm not a practitioner of either of these. So this is all just research. So I am probably not a person you should listen to. I would go to someone who knows what they're doing. Um, <laughs> I, it's just what I could research uh, on my side. As always, I'm telling my opinion, I will be telling my opinions on this at the end of the piece. Because it's artsy like that. Yeah, my dreams. Anyway, um, so enough of that. I'm going to start explaining on hoodoo and then move on to voodoo. No reason other why other than, like, the alphabet. So, yeah, let's start. Also, I just need to put in that I'm a terrible person for uh yesterday's episode and the fact that it had like 10 extra minutes of nothing um i'm sorry for being a terrible person that's it with that now we can move on to hoodoo so hoodoo is i keep knocking the wood i'm sorry um it's just a habit uh so hoodoo is a spiritual practice as well as a religion which was brought here from West Africa during the slave trade, which uh, when people were bought, their practicing abilities of root work, which is hoodoo, just a different name for it, was limited. So they basically, because there were a lot more of them than there were of the white people who bought them because they thought they could, uh, just did it anyway in practice in secret um and it spread throughout the united states um the 1800s is when the earliest hoodoo spell has been found and synonyms for the hoodoo are conjuration witchcraft root work but those are regional i don't know which region because it wasn't mentioned those were specific to hoodoo also uh needs to be said that it is used to allow people to improve their lives and the lives of others as well as connection with the spirit world uh, this is not a negative thing and many common day products are hoodoo spells that kind of became commercial such as deodorant bath crystals and aerosols so i have an informative piece on hoodoo which is from somewhere um which i'll link of course um but it because i don't know much about it so yeah um yeah here it is <laughs> um african and native american slaves often found themselves working alongside one another and it is believed that through this commingling the slaves learned a great deal about the medicinal and magical uses of herbs from the native america uh, native to america as many slave owners identified with Christianity, they often attempted to convert their slave workers, going as far as to forbid them 
to practice their religion under threat of death. In order to be able to practice their religions, the slave ex expressed their beliefs under the guise of the dominant religion of their region. In the southeast, where people were mainly Protestant Christians, or one of the offshoots, such as Baptists and Evangelical, etc., the dark man of the crossroads became identified with the devil of Christianity. This example is cited as one of the many reasons that Christian Christians believed that Africans worship the devils, which itself was given as another reason for their desire to convert the slaves to Christianity. In those areas where Catholicism was the dominant religion, such as New Orleans, Hoodoo practices mingled not only with Catholicism, but with Voodoo, which is another word for Voodoo as well. In these instances, Christian saints often became associated with the spirits and the deities of voodoo. For example, because St. Patrick was mythologically associated with snakes, having driven them out of Ireland, I don't think snakes were ever in Ireland, he became identified with the voodoo deity called Dembala, who often took the form of a serpent. Today, many people still confuse the magical practices of hoodoo with the religion of voodoo. The northeastern or northern states where African Americans were more or less free, they were introduced to European immigrants who came to America seeking religious freedom and who brought their own religious and folk magic beliefs and practices such as powwow with them. It was through contact with these immigrants and later through their writings that hoodoo absorbed elements of European grimoires and Jewish Kabbalistic magic and sorcery. Uh, the Great Migration was prior to the early 1900s. Traditional practitioner, practitioners led a nomadic life, constantly traveling from town to town offering his or her services and selling their baths, oils, and tominics. By contrast, many workers settled into communities where they acted as doctors, magicians, priests, and counselor. However, between 1910 and 1940, it is estimated that more than 2 million African Americans relocated from the southern states to escape racism and seek employment in the northern industrial cities. As they gained access to more education, many of these African Americans abandoned their, uh, the beliefs of their ancestors as they began seeing hoodoo more and more as superstition and ignorance rather than as faith and practice. So the revival happened in the 90s, the modern 90s, 1990s, I always forget that I need to say the name because it didn't die off completely. So it uh, kind of built up over again. Beginning around 1965 and continuing to this day, census data has shown a trend in which blacks have begin, begun to receive, to, I can't speak, I can't read, to return to the South citing improved racial relations and economic growth. With the return to the South, many have displayed a renewed interest in spirituality of their ancestors. The accessibility of the internet in the mid-90s, along with this renewed interest, 
in all things spiritual set the stage for the beginning of the hoodoo revival. Modern writers such as Papa Jim Haskins and Catherine, oh, I'm going to say this wrong, Yronwood, it's Y-R-O-N-W-O-D-E, have done a great deal to preserve the beliefs and practices associated with the hoodoo tradition. Especially, Additionally, in the spring of 2011, Dennis Alvarado, the voodoo hoodoo spelled book voodoo dolls in magic and rituals the voodoo doll spell book i'm guessing those are all books he's written conceived a published hoodoo and conjure quarterly the first of its kind hcq is a journal of magical arts and with a special focus on new orleans voodoo hoodoo folk magic and folklore it explores history historical and contemporary information about the conjure arts including magic magical religious practice practices spiritual traditions indigenous healing and herbalisms the, it and religions with their roots in african diaspora it is clear that the work of these writers and practitioners will continue to make the information accessible to new generations of seekers effectively ensuring that this wisdom will not be lost to the people who uh practice it says us but i don't practice so i feel like it's wrong to say us um their beliefs and practices so as a result of the exposure to various beliefs and practices uh, the religions of African slaves transformed into like a hodgepodge of magical practices identified as hoodoo. Although hoodoo is not a religion, I was wrong, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Adherents often draw upon Christian mythology. However, some practitioners are just as likely to petition Ganesha or even Papa Legba to remove obstacles and open the way before them. Even so, there are a few common beliefs most practitioners in hoodoo hold. They are divine providence. Most adherents of hoodoo believe in some type of higher power to whom they direct their prayers and petitions to. This power may simply be refer referred to as God or any number of deities or spirits from the world's any of the world's major religions. It is not unheard of for the practitioner to petition Hote Buddha for, for prosperity in the morning, Santa Maria for a lover in the evening, and Jesus for protection at night. These beings are believed to take an active interest in the affairs of humans and to have the ability to influence our lives. Life after death is another thing that most hoodoo practitioners, practitioners, practitioners believe in. Along with the belief of the higher power, it is also the have the belief in um, this ex continued existence of the soul after physical death. Many root workers start out working with spirits of the dead in the form of the ancestors. The spirits of the dead connect to them by blood. It is believed that the dead don't die, but rather ascend to another level of being, form, form, from which they can look on and assist us. 
from this higher level, the ancestors can guide us in our daily lives, intercede with uh, Godhead on our behalf, and protect us in times of need. Divination, the ability to foretell the future and communicate with disembodied spirits, is one of the spiritual practitioner's most important abilities. Divination allows an individual to analyze the past and, and present... <laughs> I'm sorry, my reading is not doing well today. In order to determine the probability of future events, divination teaches that by active participation in the events occurring in the life of a person, he or she can shift the probabilities toward their desired ends. Doctrine of Signatures, which I've never heard of before. A belief which holds that the creator, i.e. God, the universe, etc., whatever you believe, marked everything in existence with a sign or a signature with indicates which indicates its intended use oh i have heard this before it's actually a common belief anyway um furthermore by careful observation one can determine the use of the plan from an aspect of its form such as the shape of its root roots or leaves its colors place of growing or even its name Retru Retributive justice. Retributive justice is a theory of punishment based on the biblical principle of an eye for an eye. Unlike other religions, oh, we got squeaking now, <laughs> which accept magic as part of its philosophy. Uh, and adjure its adherence to do not harm. Hoodoo allows an individual to not only protect themselves by magical means, but also retaliate against those who have harmed them. So, yeah, don't piss off a hoodoo practitioner. However, in the case of the letter, the punishment must fit the crime. So, keep that in mind. Intention. In the hoodoo tradition, curses are seen as a wish which can only be fulfilled by God and only when the curse is deserved. For example, if you lay down a powder to curse one individual, it will only have an effect on that individual and no one else who happens to walk over the powder. Furthermore, it is believed that the curses which are not justified or deserved have no effect. A curse which is both deserved and uttered by a person in authority, such as a root worker, is said to never fail. So hoodoo is set a set of magical practices which originated in Africa and has been stripped of its original dogma. It arrived in the New World with slaves who were taken from their native land, stripped of their belongings, their identities, and their religion. In order to preserve their beliefs, these slaves adopted some form of Christianity as their religion, absorbing the beliefs and practices associated with Native American plant lore and European ceremonial magic. The practices uh, that they... The, and the practice their belief under the guise of their new religion. Today, hoodoo continues to exist as a hodgepodge of religious beliefs and magical practices, with most practitioners adhering to a few common beliefs. That was from carolinaconjure.com. It is 
from what I saw, and I still have it open on my computer actually, a, um, a site completely dedicated to hoodoo and like what it was about. Yeah, so, um, don't piss off a hoodoo practitioner. And now we have to move along because I'm bad at timing things. So, let's talk about some hoodoo, or voodoo! Oh my gosh, I'm not, like, even in this world right now. Anyway, um, so the religions are, are a lot, like, so there's Louisiana voodoo, or New Orleans voodoo, which is a set of African-based spiritual folkways, Haitian voodoo, which is a syncretic religion practiced chiefly in Haiti, Brazilian Votum, one of the major branches, uh, nations of Candomblé, I'm sorry, Brazil, West African Votum, practiced by, I'm not gonna try and pronounce that word, GBE speaking ethnic groups of Africa, Cuban voodoo, which is not spelled voodoo, it's spelled U with the Nixontag U, I believe. Uh, a synchronetic uh, religion that was developed in the Spanish Empire. Dominican voodoo with again the U and Nixontag U. I don't know what they call it in Spanish, in French, that's what you call it. Um, Except it's not over a U, it's over an E. Um, a, another synchronetic religion that was developed in the Spanish Empire. Um, yeah, and that is just what comes up first on Wikipedia. Uh, yeah. Also, the first result on, on Google, unless I'm just a freak and they know, they know what I look up. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, just a quick thing on the differences or origins on hoodoo. I don't know how accurate this is, um, but apparently a lot of superstitions from voodoo are also related to hoodoo, which is saying was developed within Louisiana, the Louisiana tradition of voodoo. Um, I don't know. And it's like the superstition of the doll and potions and... Yeah, they, they do dolls, but they're not bad in voodoo. I'm starting to wonder about hoodoo. Um, I guess it's only... It's like an eye for an eye. That's not bad. That's a good way to do things. Um, anyway, as I get lost in my dreams of karma, but anyway, <laughs> um, they're not bad. So while the superstitions aren't really a central part of voodoo faith, everywhere else they are in New Orleans. In hoodoo herbalism, the cure-all was very popular among followers. Uh... It was a mixture that could apparently solve all problems. The healing system included a variety of in ingredients. Uh, one recipe was to mix jimson weed and sulfur with honey that could not have smelled good. 
the mixture was placed in glass, which was rubbed against a black cat and then slowly sipped. Not a real, like, it seems a little, um, not folk magic, like, housewifery, you know, like, when... I'm Ukrainian, so, like, our thing is garlic. Like, garlic fixes everything. So, like, you put garlic in, like, my my Jito put garlic in his shoes for years and years and years to, to make his cancer go away. And he lived 15 years because of that. Please go to a doctor. Do not do that. Um, anyway. Uh, a note on sticking pins in dolls, which are... Gris Gris for voodoo. There's called something else in hoodoo, but we're focusing on voodoo. Um, they are not to cause pain, which is something that, um, like, modern assholes have thought of. It's supposed to be for, um, well, I guess queens can cause pain, but whatever. Um, it's, it's to function a person or name to the doll, which traditionally represents a spirit. Then they perform one of four categories. Love, power, domination, luck, financing, and uncrossing. Um, yeah, now we'll go back to more voodoo. So voodoo was brought to French Louisiana during the colonial period. Colonial. Oh my god, I can read. I cannot read. Uh, period by enslaved African from West Africa. From 1719 to 1730 run. Uh, the majority of African captives brought to an enslaved in Louisiana were Fawn people from what is now Benin. Other groups such as Bambera, Mag Mandinga, Wolof, Iwe. I highlighted Iwe, Iwe, E-W-E, because that was mentioned as uh, being one of the places that the people who practice hoodoo were from um, and spoke. I think it's a language. I'm not sure. Maybe it's both. Anyway, other places were Full Bay, Fawn, uh, Yoruba, Chamba, Congo, Ibo, Ado, Hosa, and Sango. Um, and they brought their cultural practices, languages, religious beliefs, because you don't just get rid of that. You keep it with you. Um, and it's important to you. Because it's a bad time. Um, and they were all responsible. All these different groups coming together were responsible for Louisiana voodoo, as we know it, kind of coming to fruition. Um, they had knowledge of herbs, poison, uh, ritual creation, charms, amulets, protection of themselves or harm to others. And it, that is all major in Louisiana voodoo. And it has, that type of voodoo has existed since the early 1700s. So under the French code of influence uh, of Catholicism, 
Officials normally recognized family groups prohibiting the sale of children away from their families if younger than the age of 14. And they promoted man-laid legend of wake to go. A clarification needed of the enslaved population because of the high mortality rate. Um, the slave trade bought its survivors together in a sense of sol solidarity and initiation. So the practice of making and wearing charms for protection was very important because the they were dying off because they hadn't ever been um, like exposed to the type of diseases that were in North America, etc. And their poor living conditions, horrible hours, being beaten, not getting medicine. White people are evil. Um, or, or the harm of others was key aspect to Louisiana voodoo. Like, so it was just like self-preservation. Um, the Uenga, a charm used to poison an enemy, contained the toxic root of a very hard to pronounce tree from Africa and, preser and preserved. It was um, combined with other elements and ground up, such with other elements such as bows, nails, roots, holy water, holy candles, holy incense, holy bread, or crucifixes, and administers of the ritual frequently evoked protection from Jehovah or Jesus Christ. It was an openness of African belief which allowed for the adoption of Catholic practices into Louisiana voodoo, which is very important because they are very intermingled now. Another component of Louisiana voodoo was brought from West Africa, and it was the veneration of of ancestors and the subsequent emphasis on respect for your elders. Um, so the rate of survival among the elderly who were enslaved was very high. So further Africanizing like the Louisiana Creole culture. And now my favorite part, because I love the voodoo queens. So, um, the voodoo queens were super important. They still are. Um, and they are just, like, they are the powerhouses of the community. They are who you go to. They are the leaders of ceremonial meetings and ritual dances. They draw crowds from hundreds and thousands of people. They were considered practitioners who made a living through selling and administering um, amulets, gris-gris, charms, magical powders, as well as spell charms, cure elements, like, like compounds to destroy one's enemies, which is iffy, you know, no, bad. <laughs> Their power was so, like, it was so big it's not as big now but like if you go to louisiana like 
you can look up who the queen of voodoo is right now on the internet. So, it, like, there's still a queen. And, yeah, so they, they drew everyone, and they were recognized by everyone. Journalists, judges, criminals, citizens, everyone. And they, like, yeah, they were powerful Creole African descents who just became leaders in the society and oppressed uh, and, it, like, were just amazing. <laughs> As I gush about them. And these women kind of became, like, they were leaders in this, in... Louisiana and New Orleans and they kind of became high class in if they in in those times uh, which was I think 18 where are you 1808 um you if you were high class like a high class person of color you got specific rights in new orleans like you could get property and education free women of color had a, like a high amount of influence especially if you were a spiritual leader and tradition traditions from west africa West and Central Africa, where voodoo-like customs were derived, were, like, made these women extraordinary in their power. There is another voodoo queen, and she is considered to be the voodoo queen. Um, the most powerful one that has ever been. Um, and that is... Mary Lavu. I don't know if that's how you say her last name. But she was considered to be the most powerful of them all. In 1874, she gained her religious right. And 12,000 black and white New Orleanians were there for it. And she had the most influential people coming to her for advice. Though it is the runaway slaves who uh, accredit her to being the most amazing. Because they credit their success of their escapes to Laveau's powerful charms. Uh, the news of her power spread and she dominated other leaders in New Orleans. So the Catholic Church, it seems, encouraged her to follow and attend Catholic Mass as kind of like a strategic way to uh, protect their beliefs. Um, and her doing this actually contributed to the adoption of Catholic practices, practices in the voodoo belief system in New Orleans. So she worked as a hairdresser, which is where she got all of her intimate knowledge and gossip of the town. And her, all, her customers also came to her for her different concoctions. Um, her influence in the city was 
like amazing back then and it still to this day is like known and it's like revered her gravesite is in the oldest cemetery and is a major tourist attraction believers in voodoo even offer her gifts there and pray to her spirit across the street a street where Levu is buried, there is uh, the statue of Saint Expedite, um, and the favors asked of the Voodoo Queen is supposed to be the pound cake. I'm not quite sure, but it seems like Saint Expedite represented the spirit standing between life and death. So. It is the one used for funerals. She is still a central figure in Louisiana voodoo and New Orleans culture. Um, her name being shouted while gamblers throw dice and multiple tales of sightings of the queen, which have also been told time and time again. So voodoo kings are also a thing because I didn't know about that. <laughs> the last voodoo king, though, was thought to be one Papa Midnight, who died in 1998. There's also a museum in Louisiana de dedicated to voodoo. If you could see my writing, you would see the red in that sentence, because I can not spell, apparently, Museum Louisiana Dedicated or Voodoo Today. Um, also, because, awesome, uh, in 1995, voodoo practitioners held a ritual in Baywater to try and drive away crack cocaine abuse, burglaries, prostitutions, and assault. As a result of the Franco uh, fusion of Francophone and Voodoo in Louisiana, Creole African Americans associated many Voodoo spirits with the Christian saints known to preside over the same domain. Although some doctrine leaders of each tradition believe Voodoo and Catholic practices are in conflict, it's okay. Catholicism is in conflict with itself all the time. In popular culture, both saints and spirits are believed to act as mediators. So, Voodoo Legba, presiding over specific respective activities, early followers in Voodoo in the United States adopted the image of the Catholic saints to represent their spirits. Other Catholic uh, practices they have adopt adopted adopted uh, in Louisiana voodoo specific to Louisiana voodoo is um, Hail Mary and the Lord's Prayer. So if you were raised Catholic, you know what those are. They're just prayers that you're forced to say often. Um, well, voodoo is present. <laughs> Among the Catholic population, uh, Protestants are more likely to practice hoodoo. Um, singing is the most important ritual as part of voodoo worship. Songs have been passed down orally for hundreds of years. 
and would be accompanied by patting, clapping, stomping, but no drum playing, apparently. Because that's a no-no. Unless it was part of the weekly summoning, or pu weekly public ceremony in the Congo Square in New Orleans during slavery times. Uh, the songs are sung uh, to give descriptions of personalities to the deities. Uh, such as their names, likes, dislikes, origins, responsibilities, strengths, and weaknesses. Sometimes the songs are sung in address to the deities, and sometimes the deities themselves are speaking or singing. Many songs mirror tunes of the Catholic Church, as well as associated the Catholic saints with African deities. There are only two ways a new song can be added to a voodoo repertoire. The first is that someone has heard a song in a dream because this is thought to be a spirit's revelation. The second is an instant where a person is in a possessed trance and asks the people around them to memorize the song. When, then it is considered to come straight from the spirit. There are four phases to a voodoo rit ritual, all identifiable by a song being sung. Preparation, invocation, possession, and farewell. Which is smart, because you always should say farewell. Um, sorry. The songs are used to open the gate between the deities and the human world and invite the spirit to possess someone. So in the 1800s, Louisiana typically portrayed voodoo in negative ways, like what they did in negative ways, compared to Christian practices. And there were rumors of animal sacrifices, zombies, and spirits, sensationalized stories, which were all about racism they weren't about the actual voodoo itself they were trying to portray african americans in a un like that i cannot speak in a terrible manner basically as uh, primitive people because that's what they tried to believe back then then they were just being assholes um, yeah, so, <laughs> why are you so bad, newspapers? Get your stories right! Oh, no. Anyway, I can rant later. So, that was the end, because now we're going on 40 minutes, because I'm horrible at the time. Apparently. Um, so, the takeaway is that they're pretty much good like both of them are good just in different ways hoodoo does have the eye for an eye thing which i am like mm, well whatever karma i believe in karma so there's no skin off my back try and treat others as you want yourself to be treated and then i'm like treat others better than you want yourself to be treated because yeah um as for voodoo it is, it seems to be a nice religion, like, 
whatever, as long as it's not hurting you or anyone else, whatever, you know? And it helped them through a really hard time and now it's something that's very important to their culture, as is hoodoo. So, the hoodoo is apparently not a religion. So go for it. Anyway. But if you're going to start doing that, do find someone who knows voodoo or hoodoo. And don't just buy a book and do it on your own. Anyway, uh, they are undeniably different. I think that I would go more into it if you'd like to see how much more different they are. Um, and it's like... It, a Protestant versus Catholic. Like, they, that's not, you don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> it seems, uh, like, I, I said I'd make it short, but I lied. Um, but it was really interesting, and it, it was a really interesting topic. I really enjoyed doing this. I hope that you, um, enjoyed this. I didn't go into Haitian voodoo, and I really wanted to. Um, but yeah, the next week's actual episode will be next Tuesday with no technical difficulties because they will be dealt with or I will die trying. And the next extra will be next month and it's already planned, but I'm not going to tell you because I'm a horrible person. Um, I hope you enjoyed this one and... As always, it's at my discussion or Spooky Scary Fun Time on Facebook to contact me if you have any comments, questions, or concerns. This one I'm a little insecure about, so I hope that it's okay. Um, anyway, have a fantastic day and stay spooky.